This is a really interesting study, and I think it actually could be relatable for some people. I want to ask you about your experience with opioids. And this is after uh, this new study led by McGill University Science uh, Table says that opioid painkillers are not always beneficial, sometimes harmful. Okay, we know they're highly addictive. But they're sometimes harmful as patients recover from minor surgery. This research was published in The Lancet, and it examined the results of 47 randomized clinical trials in patients discharged, undergoing a minor or moderate procedure, ranging from taking a molar out to foot surgery. And what the team found in all of these studies is that prescribed opioids had no more of an impact on pain experienced after minor surgery than over-the-counter painkillers. So the question is, if these are highly addictive, and we know that, why, if they're not better at killing pain, if they're not uh, doing their job, why are they still being prescribed? Study found a significant increase in side effects when you're using opioids, nausea, vomiting, and constipation. The findings suggest that ov- avoiding prescribed opioid painkillers in many cases could Im- actually improve a patient's record of a recovery experience. Here to talk about it, Mina Tadros. He is a drug safety expert and assistant professor in the University of Toronto's Leslie Dan Faculty of Pharmacy. Welcome to the show. Good to have you on. Thanks for having me on. Does this information shock you at all, or was it something that you were kind of well aware of? Um, no, it, you know, generally, I think a lot of us have been thinking through for the last two years about when it's best to use uh, these drugs, you know, opioids work really well for pain, and and I and I think one thing that listeners should know is that if they are having a, a, a like a serious um, surgery, they shouldn't be really, you know, they should be having a conversation with their prescribers and their physicians about when to use them. But generally, we've been thinking through like for mild things, especially dental procedures, like is it really necessary to be using opioids uh, given the risks that are associated with them? And even not just long-term use, risk of long-term use, but just generally, like, the, you know, they, they, they do cause a lot of side effects. Um, and so we've been pushing more and more prescribers to give out less uh, and to consider when not to even use them. So I think that this is, a, this is an important study to continue supporting that, like, narrative that's been, you know, pushed along in the healthcare system. I know somebody's high school son who was sent home after getting his wisdom teeth out with 30 oxycodone. And she just looked at it and she thought, well, this is like, this is ridiculous. I'm not putting my kids on this, my kid on this right now. He did okay with, uh, just over the, over the counter Tylenol. I mean, it, it, it is worrying, right? Because these are addictive. We know they are. I think last week, the Ottawa and, uh, provincial governments, uh, reached a $150 million settlement with Purdue Pharma Canada for the recovery of healthcare costs related to the sale and marketing of opioid based pain medication. Anyone who has seen dope sick on Hulu, which I highly recommend, um, knows that uh, the officials claim that, you know, Purdue Pharma misled people, downplayed the risk of the um, the level of addiction and how uh, the addictive potential that their drugs had. So it is interesting that this is going on, but you know, does it worry pharmacists when you see somebody come in uh, for something that, that you know could actually be subbed out for something over the counter? Yeah, you know, it worries us in a, in a lot of scenarios. Like, I think your story highlights two important problems, which is one, was it really necessary, period, to, to write that? The second was the amount that was given. And so I think we're, you know, a lot of pharmacists are trying to push back on uh, helping, you know, patients and prescribers have conversations 
on do they actually need this opioid for what for the pain that they're experiencing? Uh, and then the second part is if they do need it, do they really need that volume or, or the number of them? And we know that the size of the initial prescription, so the first prescription you get after a procedure, could be very highly predictive of if you end up being on them long-term or not. Um, and then, you know, in general, like I think the third point to your story is when you also have medications of that volume, it, is, is are you going to keep it lying around? Mm. I think that's a dangerous thing that happens, especially when you have young children or teenagers and things like that. Or just for anybody, like, the, you know, having extra pills lying around seems like a decent idea, but it actually increases the risk that something uh, inappropriate could happen or just by accident. Not to mention the fact that if somebody breaks in your house, street value, you know, if they know you've got these pills, uh, they sell for a lot on the street. And I mean, maybe I'm taking it to a darker place, but it's it's a it's a fear. It's a reality. Um, let's head to how you deal with it then as a, as a pharmacist. If you say, okay, maybe they don't need 30 oxycodone, maybe 10 will do. Uh, how much pushback do you get? Or are you allowed to say to uh, someone that comes in to fill a prescription, you know, would you like to start out with 10? Cause here's what you're dealing with. Or, you know, is that something that a pharmacist can do? Yeah, absolutely. And it's something that we do often is we, we have these conversations. And to be honest, like a lot of times the patients actually ask for less. Uh, mm-hmm. And we just get them to sign that they've requested that amount. And it's it's well within the practice of pharmacy and well within the patient's rights to ask for that amount. One other thing we do is we often reach out to the prescriber just to let them know, like, is there a chance that we can cut this back? Um, you know, I think there's two, there's like once that prescription is written and that patient's in front of me, but then there's also the work that we do on a system level, which is thinking about how do we improve, you know, a lot of these prescriptions just pop out of a computer, right? They, they're just a very regular part of the process. You get a surgery, we call them like a, an order entry, like they, you know, you, you click a button and the 20 drugs that you're going to get coming out of that surgery pop out. And so there's a chance here for hospitals and hospital systems and healthcare systems to think through how do we change those pr- procedures to give out less of these drugs? And so many times it's just that, you know, people are just used to that when they get a procedure, they need, they experience pain and people do experience pain after surgery. And I, I think it's really important to recognize that um, and making sure that they're comfortable and getting the, you know, alleviation of the pain that they need, but also just how do we improve the system so that we're not just pumping out more drugs just because we think it's automatic. Right. And if, if, uh, if this is this study, uh, is correct and that a lot of the opioids that are being prescribed for uh, minor surgeries uh, had no more of an impact on the pain experienced uh, than over-the-counter painkillers. There's also a cost factor that we should be, um, you know, putting into the, adding to the equation, isn't there? Yeah, well, there's there's a lot of costs here, right? There's There's the cost of like the patient not getting well enough quickly. Uh, there's the cost of the drugs themselves. Uh, and then just generally, like the harms that happen, like I think the more people that get these drugs, you know, in most cases, people are going to experience, uh, you know, constipation, nausea. They may experience just like feeling really junky, um, which which happens with these drugs. But for some people, especially those that are older, maybe on other medications, they might also experience dizziness and falls. And, and there's you know a whole bunch of other things that can happen with these drugs. And so I think it's always about a risk benefit. And that's always the conversation we should be having. You know, with that being said, if you're having a serious uh, uh, surgery coming out of that, I know we experience the opposite where patients are so scared of opioids, but then sometimes they really do work for pain. So, you know, I worry about the pendulum swinging in the other direction where patients who do need it don't get it. So I think it all comes down to having very transparent, good conversations. And and it's these kind of studies that help us figure out that, okay, maybe for less serious procedures, we're, we're, we're overdoing it a bit.
Uh, but at the same time, we just need to have that balanced conversation. It's always about the conversation, isn't it? And I'm so happy that you joined us to have the conversation about this new study out of McGill, uh, suggesting that opioid painkillers not always beneficial, depending on what kind of surgery you're having. If it's minor, maybe just over the counter will do you fine. Mina, thank you so much for joining us. Well, thanks for having me. Have a great day. Take care. You as well. Mina Tadros, a drug safety expert and assistant professor in the University of Toronto's Leslie Dan Faculty of Pharmacy.